I mean, America's gone crazy. The administration in Washington are out of their ever-loving minds. Hollywood's crazy and trying to run the country. And it's the church that's supposed to be running yeah. the country. God said, let us make man in our likeness, our image, and let them right. have dominion. God wants his people to dominate. Exactly. That spiritual authority is something I don't think the church has scratched the and it's a, surface should be on a lifestyle. Yet. And it has to be something that we, if we're going to win, we're going to have to get that figured out. So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. Hello, everyone. God bless you and welcome today to More Than Conquerors program. Terry Mines Ministries is here today to talk to you about some awesome stuff of 54 years of wonderful missionary evangelism. Um, you know, no theory, tried and proven works. <laughs> I like it. If it didn't work, I wouldn't stay with it. No, that's right. My goodness gracious. It's, I just feel like everything right now in life is like the old song of wonderful traditional hymn of the church amazing grace through many dangers toils and snares we have already come it was the grace of god that brought us through and it'll be the grace of god that leads us on absolutely big finish finish strong absolutely. doing what god's no. called us to do oh and it's going to have to be faith no it has to the just shall live by faith Can't you know four god times you know, four times in the Word of God, it says the just shall live by faith. Old Testament and New, you think God was trying to tell us something? Exactly. I mean, and you don't go to the countries you've gone to and go to the places that you've gone to, in the from the jungles to the metropolitan cities and some of these huge, uh, you know, third world countries, undeveloped countries. I mean, you've had to see the grace of God. Oh, yes. Thank God. You know, when you when you to don't God know where be the glory, that's my major phrase. To God be the glory. <laughs> well, and when you don't do know it. what you're walking into. No, that's right. You know, you've you had have to, to live go, by you faith. You have to go by, by leading of the Holy Spirit. Number yes. One. Right. You want to go where the Holy Ghost didn't tell you to go. Right. And uh, even in Bible schools, they teach they teach Bible school students all the time. Hey, if you ever get an invitation somewhere, just go. I don't do that. No, I get an invitation. I pray about it, and I've turned down many of the invitations. Yes, even you to have. Some great and Just marvelous the ones places. I know you have. Yeah, uh, I had a guy one time tell me, "Hey, if you'll come, Terry, I want you to come so bad. If you'll come, we'll have a million people in the crowd." Right. And I said, "Well, yeah, but God hadn't told me to come." And I said, "You can have a million people without me. That's the kind of ministry you have." <laughs> and he said, "He That's said, right. he said, just think about the, the the newsletter and the pictures you could take with a million people." I said, "Yeah, but is that my purpose? Is that the point I would be going? Would I be going for that?" Exactly, and, and so God, and so I didn't go, and God's had me not go lots of places. I was invited to anybody follow the Holy Spirit, yes, and then go in faith and go Absolutely. in authority, spiritual authority, go in dominion, right? And uh, I've always had the same two rules. You've always known me talked about that anywhere I go, if it's a TV program, a radio interview, if it's a, a crusade, if it's a church, if it's a Bible school, right. I have two goals: lift up the name of Jesus, yes, and minister life to the people. Right. I need to help the people, lift the people, minister life to the people. 
because Jesus came with a threefold message, love, light, life. And so you've got to give people light and show them the way, and then you've got to give them life. Right. And so faith will do that. Well, and, Preaching and, faith, talking faith, acting faith, living faith. Exactly. What we call the word of faith. Right. Um, we'll, we'll put you over and cause you to win. Well, especially nowadays. And uh, I think, I know we <clears throat> about a month ago, we we did a, a kind of a report on the 62-day uh, driving trip yeah, uh, across back America in back in June and July. We um, uh, went from uh, Fort Worth, Dallas area, all the way over to Southern California, all the way up preaching through the state of California into Oregon, Portland, then across to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, then all the way across to uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Did a wonderful meeting there with a great uh, elderly woman of God, widow lady, friend of mine, friend, longtime friend long of yours, and then down to uh, Punta Gorda, Florida, to another great church, then back up to Charlotte, North Carolina, then back down uh, just in time for Brother Copeland's meeting. And in doing that, you know, th- there's a walk in the spirit that you have to know how to minister to people and remind the folks that we've got, still got to live by faith. Yes, we do. Yes, yes, we and do. you still got to Especially walk in, in the this spirit. day we're living in now. here in the year 2022, the year of our Lord 2022, to do great and mighty things for the kingdom of God, to focus on helping children around the world. Last year, we did 42 nations and 42 different orphanages and 26 different nations. And we are just delighted to do that all the time. Besides all year long, we're helping widows and, and homes of people that are in need around the world. You can give through Terry Mize Ministries through terrymize.com. We just look forward to hearing from you. It's going to be a great time. We're going to do great things and we're going to do it together. God bless you. We pray all of God's abundant blessings on you coming in and going out. Bye-bye. Yeah. I mean, America's gone crazy. The administration in Washington are out of their ever-loving minds. Hollywood's crazy and trying to run the country. And it's the church that's supposed to be running yeah. the country. God the, said, let us make man in our likeness, our image, and let them right. have dominion. God wants his people to dominate. Exactly. And that's what the church is going to have to learn to do. And that's what we've been talking about. We we did about 19 sessions on spiritual authority uh, over the last several months. And then Who we would have thought for a few yeah. weeks and, and did some other yeah. things. And, and then we got back on spiritual authority. And uh, I think we've just barely got into the New Testament now, but that <laughs> spiritual authority is something I don't think the church has scratched the and it's a, surface should be on a lifestyle. yet. And it has to be something that we, if we're going to win, we're going to have to get that figured out. Well, a lot of people, Terry, don't don't know what it is. No, or they don't understand true. the concept. And people look at Christianity, uh, as we've seen, you know, in a lot of places, um, people look at Christianity as um Living right, keeping the Ten Commandments, going to church, uh, doing good works, you know, and yet um, all of that is true, but it's also an entire uh, lifestyle of living in the realm of the supernatural kingdom of God that you walk in authority and that scripture out of Genesis 1. And it's like last week we were talking about me training pastors around the world for all these many, many decades. Uh, to to operate in spiritual authority yes. because they've been tra- taught and trained in their denominations in their Bible schools, you know, to kind of be beggars and 
And, you know, yes. well, will somebody please give to me and maybe America will give to me. And they look to America as a sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. And I teach them, I teach them, America's not your, your, your source. America's mm-hmm. not your sugar daddy. And so you need to get your money the same way I get mine by faith. You and need this to teach your people work. to tithe. You need yeah. to teach people to give. But by, but you need to be the example of the tither and the giver. You need to give more than anybody else. And this you know, should work pastor, in every I gave nation. More than I was the biggest giver in my church. Yes. And you set that example. And we're still big givers today. Living to give is my thing. Right. You know, Jerry Savelle said that at Brother Cope with me. They said, Terry, I remember when you was preaching, living to give. And uh, uh, people need to get a hold of living to give and understand how to make that work for them. Because uh, uh, if you just live by this economy, you may be in trouble. <laughs> you need to live by God's yeah. economy. Heaven's, well, heaven's bank is better than the earth's bank. And yes. you need to be on first name basis with the teller at the bank of heaven. Um, Talk about an accounting system. My goodness gracious. I told the Lord when I was a kid, I said, Lord, I'm going to keep one whole uh, accounting division of your angels busy yes. uh, figuring on my giving and my return because I, I'm expecting a return and a harvest on everything I give. And so I'm, I want to well, keep one of your one office busy just working on me. Well, you've used this phrase, too. I want you to, to talk about this a little bit. Both of us were raised Pentecostal. Wonderful people. Tremendous foundation to train you up in godliness Absolutely. and holiness sure, sure. and faithfulness, all of these things that are personality traits of the, of a real Christian. And these people were workers. They were faithful. Mm-hmm. They were godly. They, they were they were absolutely committed to the gospel Love of the Lord God. Jesus Christ, to helping people, helping the poor, raising up teenagers and young people. In the, as the Bible says, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But you've used this phrase, and we heard it all of our life, that we're not to be uh, held to the beggarly elements of the world. And Brother Osteen used to say, we're not beggars, we're believers. Yes, yes, yes And so yes. we cannot be held to being a beggar, to being somebody that is uh, just... Uh, going around thinking uh, you have a mindset of poverty, you have a mindset of lack or debt, but you are delivered. And most people do. And most people do. Sickness. And they, you know, sickness and disease. I'm dying to go. They're expecting to be sick. Kids. They're expecting to be poor. Yeah. They're expecting to yes. have problems. My poor husband, you know, it's in our language. Mm-hmm. And we end up being Not that in my way. Language. Yeah, it's it's in American, you know, speak, right? Uh, colloquialism, all these things that were, you know, doomed to spit, gloom, despair, and agony. On, me. <laughs> I mean, right down to every song you could you could hear sometimes on a country station. But you know, we have we have to, as you were saying, the church has to be the one that raises the standard, oh, absolutely, that lifts we've people got, up it, into a lifestyle, and we've got to learn to live God's. Lifestyle. Yes. Talk like God, think like God, act exactly. like God, get results. And, uh, you, you know, Jackie, get your prayers when Jackie answered. and I had no money, zero money, right. we had we were in Mexico. We had a Bible and a baby, and we went to Mexico. We had $50 in our pocket, no credit cards, no bank account. Well, we had no money, but yet, yet Jackie never heard me utter the word. My children, my four kids never in their lives heard me utter the phrase, we can't, we can't afford, afford it. We can't afford that. That's right. I told Jackie when I first saw the word of faith as a teenager, I said, I will never say that. That's right. I will never say I can't afford we something because I live that. on God's economy and he can afford it. Yeah. And, and, and so we, we begin to live that way. You talk it. Yes. <laughs> you know, you talk the talk, 
but you walk the walk. And you, and with that, one of the characteristics of living by faith is that you expect God. Exactly. You expect the Lord. Yeah. You expect it to come. And you, operate, you don't know how. You operate by sowing and right. reaping. You go back to the those wonderful you what seeds. You, sow. You, yeah. you, you reap what you sow. You harvest what you plant. You receive when you give. Wonderful seeds. It's a law of God. As long as time remains, Genesis 8, God said, after they came out of the ark, There'll right. be seed time and harvest. I've always, you've heard me say this for decades. Mm -hmm. If you ever want to psychoanalyze God, if you ever want to figure God out, if something's happening in the world it's you want to understand and you're trying to figure God out, <laughs> you want to put him on the couch and psychoanalyze That's right. him, That's right. it's always going to come out seed time and harvest. That's Everything right. with God is seed time and harvest. You get, you receive what you what you give, you reap what you sow, you harvest what you plant. That's right. Even at the bank, they operate that way. You can deposit, you can withdraw if you've deposited. But right. if you go down to the bank and try to withdraw when you hadn't deposited, they'll put you in jail. <laughs> you, you have to give That's first. Right. Yeah, there there is that that participation element of the gospel is that it's not just you uh, agreeing with God and sitting in church and saying, amen, amen, amen. But, you have to actually participate in the in the sowing but, so that there is the reaping. But we were talking last week about me training pastors around the world, yes. the third world nations, developing nations, all these decades, the word of faith. And I tell you, it would be a headbutton fight sometimes because they were so trained and ingrained in their denomination, right. in their Bible school, that they were going to be poor, that God was going to give them sickness and disease and trials and tribulations. And I mean, sometimes I'd preach to those pastors over the, in, over the years and, and I'd say, God's a good God. He's always good. If it's, if it's bad, it's not from God. Jesus said, the thief, the devil comes to steal, kill That's and destroy, right. John 10. Uh, yes. and, and Jesus came to give you life in that more. And I mean, pastors would stand right up in the in the congregation, in the meeting right. and say, but Brother Terry, what about God give me, gave me cancer? God God killed my wife. God killed my yeah. baby. God, no, he did not. Pastor, sit down. You're out of order. That's you know, all that religious I mean, we would, tradition. We hit butt right. because they were convinced and the church had told them that. That's right. That, that, that God's doing Catholics, all the bad. Catholics, Pentecostals, Baptists. you act Baptist. like God and the devil have traded yeah. places in the last 2,000 years. That exactly. God's doing the bad stuff and, and, and uh, the devil's doing the good stuff. But yet Acts 10.38 right. is one of the most powerful scriptures, one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus, Jesus of, Nazareth of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with yes. power who went about doing good, good. not bad. But who went about doing good and healing all, a double, every one of them, not few, a few of them, not part Hallelujah. of them, not a percentage. He healed them all that were right. oppressed of the devil. That's right. For God was with him. That's right. That scripture tells you, tells you God's good, Jesus is good, the Holy Ghost is good, and the devil's bad. Isn't that's simple? all you need to know. Isn't that simple? God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. Yes. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The devil's the bad guy. God said it plainly. The devil's the bad guy. Those two those scriptures. pastors would just fight with me over that. Isn't that something? I mean, they'd stand up and challenge me, you know, and I'd say, sit down. I'm paying your I'm paying your hotel bill. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're eating three meals a day on my on my dime. I'm feeding you three meals right. a day. This no is joke. my meeting. This isn't your meeting. I told one pastor, one, I told more than one pastor over the years, I said, listen, if you want to preach, I said, you need to go down the road and get you a building and invite people. I said, all these pastors here, I said, they all came to hear me. Right. This is my building. I rented this building. I'm paying for that's this building. Right. This is my meeting. Now, if you want to preach, that's fine. But you're not going to preach in my building. You need to go get you a building and invite people to come hear you. What are those two scriptures you always give? Uh, uh, John eight forty four. 
Yeah. And Jesus said in John eight forty four, he said, uh, the devil's a liar. Right. Isn't that simple? Yeah. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. I know all I need to know about the devil, he's a liar. And Jesus said he came to steal and kill and destroy. That's so wonderful. And then Titus 1, 2 says, yes. God cannot lie. Right. I have said though that phrase 10 zillion times over the years. God cannot lie. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. God cannot lie. The devil's a liar. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. The devil's a liar. And if you get that ingrained in right. you, that if God right. said it in this book, it's truth. Exactly. Jesus said, Father, in John 17, Father, thy, thy word, word is truth. The revelation of Isn't just that, that simple. Well, it's just so simple. Like you said, teaching those pastors that God is good. Trying to train Jesus is good. The Holy Ghost is good. The devil's bad. God cannot lie. The devil's a liar. If it's bad, it's the devil. If it's good, it's God. Yeah. I mean, I can always tell what's God. It's good. I know well, she was the devil. It's bad. That helps. That helps leadership. A pregnant lady came to me in a crusade. Twenty-five years old. Twenty-five years old, having a crusade in Honduras, uh, and uh, had twenty-five thousand people in the crowd. Miracles, like oh, miracles, 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 miracles. People <laughs> running to the platform saying, "I can see, I can see, Hallelujah. I can hear, I can hear." It is marvelous. How wonderful! Pulled guys out of wheelchairs, pulled guys off of deathbeds. I mean, God was just man. I haven't kissed, bent low and kissed the earth, and we got caught right in the middle of the smack. And uh, one morning session, I was teaching faith in the morning, and uh, a lady came to me pregnant, in tears. I'm just putting the microphones away. I just finished teaching, and I've been teaching on John 10, 10. Yes. That Jesus said, the thief, the devil. The devil. Has come to steal, steal. and kill and destroy. But I have come, Jesus come, to give you life in abundance. Good and news. she came to me up on the platform crying, just, just sobbing. And she said, Brother Terry, pray for me. She said, I haven't felt my baby move in many days. My goodness. And she said, I'm in excruciating pain, and I'm bleeding profusely. And she said, I have just come from the doctor's office. I went to the doctor's office before I came here, and the doctor examined me, and he said, my baby's dead. And he wants me to go into the hospital so he can remove well, it from me. And and she just crying and crying. And I said, I said, dear sister, and I never prayed for her. She said later I prayed for her, but right. she didn't understand the difference. Uh, I never touched her. I never laid hands on her. I never prayed for her. I just spoke to her. I said, dear sister, a dead baby on the inside of you is not life in abundance. It's stealing. It's killing. It's destroying. It's the devil. It's not God. It's not Amen. the will of God, not the Amen. plan of God, not the purpose of God. I said, now, I decree to you in the name of Jesus, in the <laughs> office of apostle yes. that God's called me to, yes. your baby will live and not, not die. die in Jesus' name. Now, go back to the doctor. And she turned around and left. I didn't see her again for four days. Wow. And she came back on the fourth night and got in the testimony line, not the prayer line. We don't have prayer lines in, in big crusades like that, 25,000 people. You can't lay hands on them. So you just pray one prayer for everybody and let the Holy Ghost fall and heal them. Then they come up and testify of their healing. So she came up in the testimony line. And I looked at her and saw her. And, I, I thought, and she was smiling. I thought, oh, this will be good. Hallelujah. And seen her in four days. Yeah. And now she's smiling. Last time I saw her, she was crying hysterical. And she stood up and she said, and she told him the story on baby you know, bleeding profusely. And she said, when Brother Terry prayed for me, I really didn't pray for her, but that's what she thought. She said, when Brother Terry prayed for me, she said, instantly the pain stopped. And she said, on, on, Thank you, on, on, on the way to the doctor's office, the bleeding stopped. What a God. She said, and when I got to the doctor's office and I was waiting to see him, mm -hmm. my baby kicked me and began to move. Well, and then the doctor examined me and said, everything's perfect. And I said to her, I said, now, see, that's life in abundance. I'd recognize Jesus anywhere. Hallelujah. 
And so we trying to teach that to these pastors yes. over the over the decades that God is a good God. That just yeah. that just messes them up. You know, when I, when I, first, started, when I first started ministering as, as a teenager, I thought, you know, my message to the sinners is going to be God's a good God. Yes. But I soon quickly found out that it was a message to the church. Yes. Because it's not just the world that doesn't think God's good. It's the church that doesn't think God's good. That's, That's when right. I say God's good. It just messes them up. They just, ah. And uh, <laughs> so trying to teach them spiritual authority. And, and I have, thank God. God's used me over all these years. Yes, he To has. train them and teach them in spiritual authority. And, you know, we've got spiritual authority in every in, in every area. Jesus said, we said in another program, uh, he said over the, uh, uh, Genesis 126, authority over the birds of the air, yes. the fish of the sea, the cattle of the, fe- of the right. field, and over all the earth, right. and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So we, we've got authority over, over weather, over over droughts, over floods, over what, well, over tsunamis and hurricanes. And right. I, mean, I could tell story. I've have told some story. You've heard them. And, but uh, let me tell you one story. I've had this really on my heart, real strong about this program. Um, in 1976, yes, uh, we had just had our first little girl, Lori. She was born right. in January of 76, and uh, in March, I believe it was. Um, Two months later, there was a horrible, terrible earthquake in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's horrible. It's bad. I mean, you can look it up, Google it, whatever. Earthquake in Guatemala City is bad. Yes. And so uh, my dear friend, Bernie Davis, he's in heaven today. Bernie had an airplane. Right. And so the Red Cross uh, organization contacted him. Mm-hmm. They were calling pilots and uh, th- with airplanes. And they contacted Bernie. And so he called me. And they said, would you fly to, Gu- to Guatemala? And uh, it's just a single-engine Cessna. I mean, I'm, no, no, no. We were in a twin. No. Well, he had a twin and a single. I don't, I don't remember which one flew down there. I won't say it's a single-engine. Anyway, they called and said, would you come down and fly medicines out to the out to the, wow. the country areas? And he said, yes. And he called me and said, would you go with me? I said, sure. And they said, you can't even use the airport. Everything's torn up, so you're going to have to land on roads and stuff My like mom. that. So we flew down there. And, uh, and it was bad. I mean, there's still aftershocks, you know, and, and uh, we actually went and stayed at the Sheraton Hotel the first night we got there. And they put us on the seventh floor and we, we could lay in bed and, and look outside because there's this huge crack in, in our bedroom wall. And you could see oh out, you could see outside seven floors up <clears throat> and we was getting aftershocks at night, you know, and, and uh, I mean, you'd be laying in bed and all of a sudden it starts shaking you and, and uh, so we decided the next day, you know, let's go find a ground floor hotel. Let's let's, let's get off the seventh floor. Yeah, no joke. Besides that, we couldn't use the elevator. We was having to go up and down stairs seven flights. And wow. uh, and so we did. But every day we'd go, and I mean, just all day long, we'd we'd go to the central point. We'd load the airplane up with medicines. They'd give us a a, 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 a point on the map. We'd fly and deliver, just land on. I mean, there were there were villages that weren't even there anymore because there the, the, used to be the village was here and, and the mountain was here, and now the mountains. Here, there's no village. Oh, nothing. my. But we'd go out and land and distribute medicine, all this stuff. And boy, and we were tired. I mean, this was just going on all day long. And uh, all these aftershocks. And one day we went over to a, a local missionary's house, a missionary that was pretty well known. Yeah. And a missionary that we, we liked, a uh, man of God. Right. And so we went over to see him, maybe just grab a cup of coffee and talk for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And when we walked in, there was about 15 or 20 missionaries gathered in his house. And they were all sitting around a big table and then sitting around chairs around the wall. And we realized we walked into a meeting we didn't know anything about that they were having a discussion in a meeting. And so as soon as we walked in, they both they all looked up at us and they said, have you heard? Have you heard? Just sit in fear. 
I thought, whoa, they're scared about something. Yeah. And uh, I said, no, we hadn't heard. What, what are we hearing? And they said, they said, the most famous and the most powerful witch doctor in all of Central America lives here oh, in Guatemala wow. City. And they said this morning he has been on television and radio, and he says that he is predicting that there is going to be a, a, an aftershock in the next 24 hours that will be greater than the original quake. Oh, my goodness. And thousands and thousands and thousands are going to die. And he says he's so sure of it, and he's been told by the spirits that he's so sure of it that if it doesn't happen, you can shoot him at dawn. And I looked at those missionaries and looked at the fear on their face right now. And I said, and you believe that? Yeah. Not just the kid. I'm the young guy. I'm 20. What am I? 76. 26 26 years old. Mm -hmm. And I said, and you believe that? Mm -hmm. And they looked at me like, well, you kid, you don't know anything. And they said, it's the most powerful. I don't want to hear about that. I said, there's more power in my little finger than in all of that guy's demons. And I said, you're scared? You men of God, you women of God, you're sitting here around this table discussing how scared you are because this demon-possessed man has prophesied? Yeah. And I said, let me tell you this. I decree right now in the name of Jesus and the office of apostle God has called me to that there will be no more aftershocks. It's done. It's over. There will not be a quake. There will not be a shock. There will not be more deaths. And I, in the name of Jesus, it will not happen. And I hope they do shoot him. (laughs) Well, they didn't even listen to me and told me how stupid I was and how dumb and how there's going to be hundreds of aftershocks, blah, blah, blah. Even if if the demon guy didn't call it, still, that's just the natural events of of, of, uh, steps of an earthquake. Sure. No, no, there won't be one. There won't be one. Won't be one. It's done. In the name of Jesus. I'm in authority here. I take them. I say, you guys ought to be in authority, but you're scared. That's right. Fear will always rob you of faith. And so... uh, Anyway, there wasn't there wasn't another shock, wasn't another aftershock, there wasn't another nothing, Renee. Because I took spiritual authority. That's right. I was in the place at the time, got didn't have the authority, but walked in there and saw the people that should have it, didn't have it, so I took it and we're out of time. <laughs> well, I want you to talk about the spiritual next spiritual authority. Next time about, you know, Matthew ten one. Because Jesus we're gave We're in the it. New Testament finally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all of that's so important. Everything that we're doing, talking to you about, is your lifestyle. It's your life. You're the one that has to take authority. You're the one that has the vested interest. You're the one that's there all the time. That's why the Bible promises us you have uh, taught this all through your life. Not only are we more than conquerors, but we have get in name, but we have been given the power to walk in the spiritual authority Absolutely. to enforce Absolutely. being the conqueror. Absolutely. Well, again, we're just, you know, Absolutely. like Terry said, we're out of time, but we were thrilled to be with you today. We love you. We're praying for you. And until next time, always say about yourself, I am more than a conqueror. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Hello, everybody. Renee and I just want to remind you that the greatest miracle of all time and the only eternal miracle is salvation. You know, Christians say sometimes, hey, if you get saved, you'll live forever. Well, I've got news for you. You're going to live forever anyway, somewhere, either in hell without God for eternity or in heaven 
with God for eternity. So uh, we don't want to leave without giving you an opportunity to, to give your life to Jesus, to accept him as your personal savior. The Bible says that we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and called Jesus our Lord, ask forgiveness for our sins, we will be saved. It even says if you'll call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. So uh, let's just do that right now. Pray this prayer after me. Father God, I come before you today to accept Jesus. I believe in my heart Jesus is the Son of God. I call on you today according to your word. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me a new creature. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, and I'll serve you the rest of my days in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says you're saved, you're born again. So write us, let us know, tell somebody that you prayed with Terry and Renee and that you gave your heart to Jesus. We love you. God bless you. I said, God, if he pulls the trigger, my job is to believe your word and your job is to do something about the bullet.